Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you might be uh, watching this. I'm Glenn Crooks, and this is Soccer in the City Live. A couple of good guys are coming on uh, in a moment. Just want to just set the scene a little bit uh, for uh, this uh Soccer in the City Live, which eventually will become a podcast that you can just listen to as well as we uh, look ahead to Sunday uh, when New York City FC is playing host to the San Jose Earthquakes and a city coming off uh, 11 goals over their last two matches. So who knows what will happen at Yankee Stadium. San Jose's changed a bit, though, uh, now that Matias Almeida is uh, no longer there. But we'll, we'll have a good discussion about that. Also, uh, Liverpool, Villarreal uh, ended uh, not long ago at Anfield, and Liverpool uh, with what you would think is a commanding lead uh, in the uh, first leg of that semifinal UCL, and then Man City played yesterday against uh, Madrid, and man, what a match that was. So we'll we'll chat about that a little bit. Uh, obviously, go back and 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 see that uh, five four crazy result on the weekend. Uh, for New York City uh, FC against uh, Toronto. You've got uh, Seattle trying to become the first MLS team to win the CONCACAF Champions League. And uh, that uh, quest begins tonight in the final uh, down in Mexico City. And uh, whatever else that might come up during the course of this. But uh, an exciting little addition to Soccer in the City Live. And thank you very much to the uh, New York City FC ticket office and a marketing office, uh, but we have four Delta tickets to give away uh, for this Sunday's game uh, against San Jose, and we're going to have a trivia question along the way. So in order to win these tickets, you have to be tuning in live. It's the only way you could win them, and if nobody gets the right answer or we don't get enough people that uh, want to answer the question, then we'll just hold it in abeyance to the next game, but that's the way it is going to be. And uh, the other thing that's going to happen today is we're going to bring in uh, John Rojas, Roberto Abramowitz, all part of your uh, New York City FC commentating team. And uh, gentlemen, wonderful to see you. Uh, I I guess we should, since we're live, let's start with the most recent thing that's happened in soccer. Well, two things, really. One is the UCL match, and the other is one of my former players is now the co-owner of Gotham. But, you know, we can, we can, <laughs> but that just had that announcement just came out. But uh, but uh, Liverpool, Villarreal, and then yesterday, Man City, uh, Real Madrid, and this this competition really is fantastic. And uh, 
what are your uh john first what are your thoughts on the on the match today it's at anfield man was it loud but it always seems to be there and you know atmosphere is uh, always at its best there it seems yeah uh very interesting uh match glenn uh uh Liverpool playing uh, back to their fundamentals, playing back to that Liverpool that we loved uh, a season ago, a couple of seasons ago. Uh, they had a little bump, and now they're back into their rhythm again. Uh, first half, really um, intense. Liverpool on the front foot, but Villarreal is taking to their uh, plan to get out of Anfield with the minimal damage. Uh, at the beginning of the second half, I guess uh, Liverpool push it. A little bit more than in the first half with the same ideas, but, but probably a little bit more intensity. And they found right away at the 53rd minute own goal from the Peruvian, um, Pervis Estupiñan. And then almost two, three minutes after that, Sadio Mane with the second goal. I think uh, knowing how Liverpool is playing, how well they are oiled right now, it's hard for Villarreal. But, I mean, it's not, it's not a huge... Uh, amount of goal that they had to overcome, right? I mean, if they propose a, a real, you know, battle in that game on the second leg, anything can happen. But Liverpool, of course, is, is in the front foot of this of this leg. Roberto, what about yourself? And I, I thought the best part of the game, personally, I there's nothing better than fullback to fullback for a goal, but it was disallowed <laughs> because uh, Robertson was offside. But uh, yes. well, what are your thoughts? I, they had some ridiculous stat of like how many assists they have. Like one had fifteen, and the other had like seventeen. Crazy, like, oh yeah. my goodness! Uh, and it's not—they're not even wingbacks; they're just fullbacks. It's just crazy. That's how good they are. Uh, what John said, really, it's uh, that this team has found its rhythm, it's found its form. That when they were playing their best soccer, and so they, they're there again. And I, I think Villarreal has an absolute uphill battle. They came out of this game very, very lucky because in the second half, I didn't get to see much of the first half, so I really don't know what happened there. But in the second half and what I saw, I mean, Liverpool had a chance to really put like two or three other goals in there. So uh, I think that Villarreal came out very, very lucky, and we'll see what's going to happen uh, next week when uh, both games go to Spain. Yeah, about that, in opposite days. And, and that leads you to the Man City match, which... Uh really was crazy. I didn't see the expected goal. Sometimes I try to look that up. Did you, John, as far as Man City? It had to be like six, right? Most, most likely. But the first the first comment that comes to mind as soon as the game is going nuts the way it went is if you have this kind of game and you have this kind of a score in NLS, everybody's going to trash the league and say, of course, they are all about the goals and the spectacle and they don't defend and but since this is Champions League, then a beautiful game of football, an enjoyable <laughs> game, right? And and it was poorly thing. defended. Exactly. So as that's a, what you're go- coaches, getting at. I as know. As yeah. you know that. I mean, you have that kind of game with that such a high um, amount of goals to score. It's full of mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> it's everywhere around. It's full of mistakes from the team that were twice with two goals ahead on the score and couldn't hold it. And the team that came back and pushed this on a way that is wide open right now. So, I mean, Guardiola should finish that game saying, you know what? This is on us. I mean, we had them against the wall once again. I mean, a goal, the, the start of the game that 
Manchester City will dream of because uh. Real Madrid was expecting and waiting for them playing with a five-man back line, just trying to overcome on the wings and win those spaces. And and Manchester City found a real good way very quickly to get on top and scored that first goal. And the game should have changed from then on. It should be a game in which, uh, as we had seen before, Manchester City possessed the ball and possessed the ball and possessed the ball and find probably one or two other goals, period. And that's it. Right. And the game should ended 3 nothing or 2 nothing. Instead, we saw this back and forth that is, of course, exciting. <laughs> that was beautiful to watch. But in the technical and the analysis side of the game, it's just nuts. So they'll play that second leg uh, next Wednesday uh, in Madrid. And uh, Villarreal. And all the road goals are not a factor. Yeah, so no. it's yeah. one, ga- one goal game. But they, they are tonight. I don't want to get to Seattle yet, but they are tonight when uh, Seattle uh, yeah. plays in the uh, CCL finals uh, against was- Pumas. It was such a contrast of the the series that Real Madrid played against Chelsea, where they took advantage of every Chelsea mistake, and they were on the front foot for a lot of that game in the first game. And then Chelsea went into Madrid, and they were on the front foot, and they actually had had the result that they needed until Madrid came back and then got the other two goals and uh, was able to send it to, well, overtime and then in you know, and win it in overtime or extra time, as you'd like to call it. So, <coughs> sorry. And, you know, and so it's a very different me. game. So if I'm Pep Guardiola, I mean, I've got to feel good that you can, that he, he's got to feel that he can go into Madrid and play the sort of game that he wants to play because he saw Chelsea do it. So he's got to feel that he's going to be able to do that. And we're going to have to see how Real Madrid uh, come out in that game and how they're going to how they're going to play and what changes tactical changes they make versus what they did against Chelsea. I mean, obviously they need goals, so they got to go forward more as opposed to trying to defend a three to one lead, which is what they were doing on the second leg of the Chelsea series. I think uh, playing at home, Madrid at home. Uh, has a, a better home field atmosphere advantage than at the Etihad uh, for Manchester City yesterday. Although one of the commentators who's seen apparently seen a lot of games there, a lot of big matches, said it was as loud as he's ever heard it. But uh, Real Madrid is a different story, man. It's uh, it, there's a I don't know. I think it's just more intimidating. I don't think yeah, anybody Chelsea would argue. wasn't intimidated at all. Chelsea, Chelsea went went there and just slapped them around for the first 60, 70 minutes of the game. They didn't care. Atmosphere this. They didn't care. They went, just yeah. blew them out of the park for the first 60, 70 minutes, and then Real Madrid was able to come back. But uh, no, they, they weren't intimidated at all. All right, I want to I show think, this. And I don't think Manchester City is going to be intimidated at all either. I intimidated i'm just saying it's just uh it's a bit more uh, thunderous or there's a there's something i haven't been in in the stadium so i i shouldn't say i'm i'm going from accounts that i've read from coaches players and people that have been at games but that's that's just uh hey uh so we are we're gonna be um if we get a proper answer one that's correct uh we're gonna be giving away uh four nycfc um, uh tickets to a Delta tickets and Roberto's going to describe what that is in a moment because he knows the <laughs> ticket thing, but those are good tickets and it's for oh, yeah. the, the San Jose match. Uh, so here's the question. So don't, you guys can't answer it, but here it is. Tati Casianos, we know where's number 11. Who are the 
other two players in the history of New York City FC to wear number 11. All right. And the clue is, and one of the reasons I went with this, there is a clue. And one of them uh, has the is the top goal scorer against San Jose in New York City's history. And uh, and it's not David Villa. He wore number seven anyway. But Villa, he's the leader in, against almost every team. But uh, this guy has the lead. I believe he's the leader in assists against San Jose. Who, Villa? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I will tell you this in a second. Yes, he's a leader in assists with six. Okay. Frank Lampard is a leader in assists, rather in shots, with six. I mean, sorry, Villa is a leader in assists with three. Lampard is a leader in shots with six. All right. Well, I'll pop this All question right, up every now and then. The first, uh, first correct answer wins four tickets for Sunday. Okay, so that's down now. But uh, part, pop- part of no answering means no clues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll we'll see how uh, if we don't get uh, any responses, uh, you know, in the next half hour, we'll uh, we'll get. So, you, how we'll, are we getting the response? How are people going to be able to respond the way they do anyway? They you write on the um, on the stream the comments. Yeah, yep. there's a All comment. All right, well, that's going to be okay. So let, let let's let's get let's be clear about this, okay? Because the comments from Twitter don't come in over here. So then you would have to go to your Twitter page. Oh, on really? Glenn Crooks, whoever does, whoever puts it on Glenn Crooks' Twitter page first, well, look if at it this. doesn't appear here, okay. then they get it too. All right. I, you know, I didn't know that, Roberto. I appreciate I thought the three things. So this is on my YouTube channel, my Twitter, and my Facebook. Only the one Facebook from YouTube comes through. No, the one from YouTube comes through too. Oh, does it? All right. I yeah. All, All right. right. So YouTube, Facebook, I will get comments. Uh, but we'll also permit Twitter at Glenn Crooks, and I'll monitor that. And uh, the first correct responder gets the uh, gets the four tickets. All right, let's get to uh, the the New York City match. And uh, you know, it was it was about you know between Man City and the you know the sister clubs had some uh, some craziness in their matches this week. Now New York City, you know they're up. You know what it reminded me? Remember they were up five two in this match. Uh, against Toronto FC. Remember, they were up 5-2 on aggregate, Roberto, against Comunicaciones. Oh, yeah. We were at that game in Guatemala City. So that's on the road. They're tired. Uh, Understood that, you know, that maybe some things working against them. But here, they're at home. They're fresh. They're clobbering Toronto. Toronto's not even in the match. Yeah. And uh, up 5-2. And the next thing you know, it's 5-4. And they're uh, I said it on the broadcast, and I said, "Welcome back to Guatemala City." Yeah, which has nothing to do, to be honest. Which well, it was the same. It, it's yeah, it does have something to do. I mean, it has to do with the fact that this is a team that was up easily, comfortably by three goals, and then all of a sudden they're suffering at the end to hold on to a result. I mean, yeah, obviously, so I think- this would have been a tie versus a win. Had they allowed one more goal in Guatemala City, they would have been eliminated. Yeah, so no, I think there's a, par- there's a parallel, John. I mean, both it was five two in both matches, essentially, right? Right, like, and then and then New York City FC take out the whole column of the team and play with guys that are not right. The status on that sure. game that are not ready, so you are focusing on finishing the game, whatever it takes. Yep. And this one is a different. You stay with your top players. You're still competing. It has nothing to do with uh, with an elimination. Uh, a spirit on that game on that leg 
So that in, in those yeah. two elements, not having your best players and not having the pressure of elimination makes a totally different environment. So I agree. I, but, but you can I, go I still with see the parallels. Yeah, I still see a parallel. You, you're taking yeah. this a really step too far. <laughs> no. Come on, man. That's all right. Because that's the context. <laughs> context matters, especially in football. No, it absolutely did. It does. But the 5 2 similarity was just. Too much we to both thought of it at the same time, basically. Yeah. So, at, in different broadcasts, in different parts of uh, the press make box, it, right. so it must have. It, oh, <laughs> no! Just because it didn't reach Portland. If so you did go you, to you know, the stadium thirty years in a row to every single game, doesn't mean that you know about football or that you are, you know, you're just watching the game. All right. Well, There's here so is my games. my favorite goal. Of the uh, the game uh, was this one, and then uh, when we come back, I'll tell you why. First time ball, Acevedo with the inside of the right foot finds Amundsen. Now it's Tiago, and now it's Parks. New York City four, Toronto two, and Keaton Parks exalts the supporters behind the goal to our left. It is just wave after wave of relentless pressure from NYCFC. Another flowing move after Cozy Thompson gives it away. And Keaton Parks, after Thiago gets challenged on the back post, Keaton Parks is in the right place at the right time and just sweeps it home. Absolutely magnificent. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. John, what's your guess as to why I like that goal so much? Because of who scored? Not necessarily, although okay. I guess he's one of these one of the sixty nine goals because scored by Americans right, right in to major back to the center. Well, look at did you, all the movement, all the movement off the ball. 
just the well, first of all, Acevedo playing it in one out of the air, just a nice little side foot into the path of Amundsen. Cassianos checks, doesn't get the ball, spins out, parks, he lets it run, you know, and then he gets to the goal, doesn't turn off. And it reminds me of this Michael Beal, uh, a great clinician. He's actually an assistant at Aston, v- uh, Aston Villa now. And he, but I, I've seen him a lot, and he ta- and he does this great stuff in the box with attacking players. But his terminology, don't turn off, don't turn off. And we've probably heard this before, but that was the thing. And I used it with my teams ever since. And that's exactly how Parks scored. He didn't turn off, man. He just kept moving. And I just, the movement on that goal was uh, sensational. Not that the, all the other goals were pretty good too. One of the most difficult things to do in a, on a regular basis for players, being on, not turn off, all of the sudden. How many it's times do we on. see like a ball hit the post yes. or the crossbar and, and then the player reacts too late because they weren't on? Right. And and things like Tati does, right? I mean, the ball doesn't get to him. He just keeps moving, opening yeah. the spaces for others. It's just not about one guy. And and because um, Kiron is not off, he's on on the play. He is without any kind of mark around him because he's just arriving to a space that no one is expecting you know, uh, an attacker to be, or in his case, a midfielder to to be on quickly. And then the other great goal, and again, it wasn't the guy who scored the goal. Collins makes the tackle to take it away from Michael Bradley. Oh, yeah. But did you guys see where Collins, I, I'm sorry I don't have that one, where Collins ended up at the end of that play? Did you see where he was? So yeah. Santi Rodriguez scored and drilled it to the winger. back post. But if Santi Rodriguez had missed it on the back post, it would have been tucked home by Collins. So he makes a sliding tackle on Bradley, gets up, and just tears ass to the back post. It was mm-hmm. phenomenal. But before we move on, Glenn, yes, yes, I think I think Roberto has a, um, a little tidbit about that uh, Keaton pass goal, and he has it between chest and back, and I want him to get it out. <laughs> I actually do. I know, uh, I know so... you do. That's why I'm saying it. All right, so I actually have it like underlined. So Keaton Parks in MLS, right? In MLS, becomes the first goal American goal scorer since Keaton Parks, uh, and that wasn't to let la- it was last year, September eighteenth against FC Cincinnati in Cincinnati. He scored the first goal of the game in a two to one victory. Castellanos uh, scored in the 60th for the victory. Brenner had scored for Cincinnati in the fourth minute. Remember, that's when New York City was suffering on the road every single game. They couldn't get results, and they were having all sorts of issues, and they suffered against a really horrific Cincinnati team. Well, Keaton Park scored in that game, and that was the last American and actually non-Hispanic goal that New York City had scored in MLS until Keaton Park scored again. Well, that's why when uh, I'm bringing John Rojas uh, posted this on Twitter today, the number of MLS goals by nation. And this was excellent, John. This yeah. And, and, and we got to do credit to, you know, credit is due. So it's Fox Soccer <laughs> who put out the yeah. list. Okay. And, and uh, but, but it's excellent. Yeah. So I, uh, I can't make it any larger on this screen, but, uh, and John, you saw that I retweeted this, and, and yeah. I had a couple of thoughts. And number one, and I don't know what you guys think. I I just 
I would never have guessed that the USA players had that many more goals than any other country. I, I just, uh, I, well, they do have a lot more players than any other country too. Understood. So but, that is part of it. Now, Argentina has the largest amount of players from one country in MLS outside of the U S and Canada. But I think right, it is surprising count, that the name, that the amount of goals that Americans have scored is that much higher because, I mean, obviously we don't think of uh, American players as huge goal scorers. I think Ricardo Pepe last year was like the only American player within the top 10. Yeah, but well, that's, that's what that's, I mean. And exactly, I recognize they don't... A big point because yeah. as much as players you have in numbers, right, you're not expecting goals from your center backs often, from your goalkeeper, from your, right? So that makes the the range and the pool of players that actually are expecting goals from less than actually what Americans are. And then you always think, and it's a criticism for the league in, in, in other years, that most of the categories are always lead by internationals. Well, now you have, you know, Americans leading on, on this, and it's important. I think it's another showing of the way the the league is growing and this is the other thing so this was the uh top four mls uh player of the week uh you know all goal scorers and all non-americans and um so that's uh th again those two things came like back to back uh this morning when i was looking at things and it i i, I found it uh pretty interesting for sure well, if you look at the leading scorers in the league right now so Jesus Jimenez is number one with six goals, tied with uh, Sebastián Druisi. Then after that, it's Brandon Vasquez, Driussi. he's American. Driussi. Valentin Castellanos, what? Driussi. Driussi. What did I say? Driussi, Driussi, right? Driussi, but it's Driussi. But I said Driussi. Driussi, sorry. My, it, this is, text it's is really right. small. Let me, let me make it larger, sorry. Did you say Brandon text Vasquez small? Has five goal has five goals, right? He's American. Valentin Castellanos, Argentinian, has five uh, Chicharito Hernandez, Mexican, has five. Jeremy Ibabasi has five. He's American. Jesus Ferreira has five. He's American. And Leonardo Campana, he's Ecuadorian. He has five. So now you've got three Americans, right, within the top 10, if not, you know, even less, yeah. that are there. You have 15 goals by three players right there. Well, yeah. and it all depends in, in the case of, of, of Jesus, for example, and the list that we were talking about that Fox Soccer put out, how do they count him? By birth or by international right. team? I, I wondered right? that, too. I, I think international too. team. I would say okay, international so he, team. He, okay, in that sense, he's American. Yes. But if you, you, know, you count him by birth, then it's a different story. I was wondering if he, is he counting naturalized citizens? Is he, you know. Is it John, wants to, John wants to reclaim him for Colombia. No, <laughs> not at all. So here's a, let's uh, back to the the five four game against Toronto, and I, I thought Ronnie Dyla and Bob Bradley post game kind of uh, similar ways of looking at uh, why New York City's pretty difficult to defend. We have so many different qualities inside of the team now. Uh, if last year we had more wingers that were inside and there were not so much speed, but there was more work and and like midfielders, uh, but now we have wingers also, so we can play wide and can attack one-on-one. -one. 
and uh, we have uh, now with Santi and Keaton also they play higher up in the pitch with uh, as eight, so we have more pressure up uh, up front, and we have. Uh, Call it as that suit each other. So I think it's harder for us for the opponents not to stop us, um, whatever it's an established play or in a transition or in set play. And uh, I don't know how many chances we created today, but we had ten chances against uh, Seattle. We scored one goal. We had ten chances uh, against Salt Lake. We scored six. And today I'm sure we had ten also, and we scored five. Keep on producing ten. We have a good chance to score that kind of amount of uh, goals in the future as well. Yeah, so talking about all the different and options. And then here uh, is Bob Bradley. He's first talking about his son, kind of referring to the error that was made in the midfield to, to lead to a goal. But uh, more importantly is what he says right after. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm saying it about Michael, but I could say it about everybody. There was hesitancy. You know, there's moments where um, if they've got a guy running through and there's a guy right in front of you, um, now you're not sure, should I step to the ball or do I have to deal with the runner? And so they were able to put us on our heels in that stretch. And I would have liked us to find a way to, to regain that collective intensity and push them back a little bit. So there you have it. So that was very, uh, instructive. I think for, for anybody that's playing New York city is how you organize. And the best way to organize is players behind the ball and, and, and don't get don't get caught chasing the game. And, but when you have mobility, the way New York city can, can sometimes show like they did on Sunday, then uh, you're nearly impossible to defend. Then you got to finish, you know, what do you guys think? Oh, they're finishing right. And it's 11 goals in the last, uh, in the last two games, they had 22 shots, 10 of them on frame during a, uh, during the last game, 11 on frame, Jesus. So, uh, I mean, it, it's it's just tough. It's an avalanche, and it's just wave after wave after wave of attacks, and, you know, and people are just coming at you from different areas, which is just great to see because everybody, the, the top four, okay, they're switching positions all the time. They're moving around. So it, it's really a lot of fun to see, and they're playing with a lot of precision, and they're – as I said, you know, they're moving well, but you also see there's a lot of energy there, too. There's a lot of things that are going on over there. There's a great understanding between all four players. And what I start thinking about when I see that, I mean, it's all great. And and I like the way Seba, uh, <coughs> sorry, uh, Santi Rodriguez has stepped up because I thought that Santi had like talk. a tough game. I know what you're going to say. Right. So, Santi had a tough game in Seattle. But then, you know, played very well against Seattle in Red Bull Arena and has played magnificently in the last two games. And so you you were at a point where you were missing Maxi Morales a lot. And now you're starting to think, well, maybe we can manage Maxi's minutes, you know, throughout the season so he's more effective once the playoffs come. And that, and, and Santi sort of like looks like somebody who's going to be hard to move out of that position right now. It all depends. And I think Ronnie sees it that way. I mean, right now, of course, you don't have Maxi and, and you slide in Santi and he does the job. But something that we could take out of that Seattle game is that uh, Santi struggles having to pressure the defensive pressure in front of him is better than tracking back. Something that um, Maxi uh, Morales does really good, right? So 
they switched a little bit the approach for the second half on that game. He got better at it. And then the rivals allow used to start them pressuring from the beginning of the play on Toronto, for example. Teams that play out of the back more often, then Santi is able to pressure more in front of him and not need to track back that much. But when he has to track back, it's a huge amount of field that he has to run and 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 he's not ready yet. He's not yet to do that. That's why, one, the opposition counts. Two, how often can you use or how soon can you use Maxi Morales on that? You got to remember that Roberto was when we're talking about what he was talking about, the amount of movement between the four at front, right? These are 20, 19, and 21-year-old kids. So yep. energy is there, right? Energy is there. Oh, Yeah. But at the same time, what we Juventud Divino like Tesoro. Being on, doing the click, I had to go back. I had to go back. It's not easy if you don't do that very often. And, and when uh, you're the number 10 that, that he didn't play that much, Santi, before, uh, you, you don't have that in your mind that often. Look at those sure. opinions. I don't like the last word, but the rest of it is beautiful. Yeah, that's the, uh, <laughs> that was the banner that was unfolded. Well, it's, yeah. it's tongue-in-cheek. I mean, I, I refer to... Uh, and this guy, Bob Bradley, is part of it. We're part of the New Jersey soccer mafia, so I have no problem. Uh, you know, I understand mafia has names. Well, you are the Don, so. Pardon? Oh, yeah. I'm the, no, I'm not the Don. I'm, that's probably Tony Miola. You know, he's right. got yeah, yeah, yeah. to go. You got to go. Somebody that at least has the uh, the heritage. Yeah, but he but doesn't live in Jersey anymore. He doesn't. He doesn't. Nah. That's true. That's true. He's in yeah. Florida now. Neither does Harks. Ramos, I think, is back here. Uh, uh, there's a bunch of us still. There's a bunch of us still, so uh, we're all good. I just talked to uh, Thomas Dooley for my uh, Sirius XM show. Oh, cool! And, uh, it was cool because Old number he, five. Yeah, he you know, also, you know. Now you just. I'm sorry, I just interrupted because I kept thinking about the the banner and a word that came to my mind. Instead of mafia, I will uh, I will put it out there like Brazilian mistress. The what? What uh, mistress? Mess, mess, mistress. No, oh. no mistress. Mestre. <laughs> Mestres. Yeah. Right. Mestre All right. What does that the mean? Teacher. The mestre, the mestre in Portuguese is the teacher in, uh. in Capoeira, is the, the sensei, the teacher, the maestro. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I like the, maestro, the sensei. Very nice. One of the, one of the top maestros right now is Jurgen Klopp. So, so Thomas Dooley, a, a pretty interesting part of this conversation I had with him. Well, I, I, I thought of it because he played with all these, uh, the Jersey soccer mafia, you know, with uh, Harks and Miola and, and Ramos on the uh, on the U.S. men's national team. Uh, but after he left playing the game, he started to get into coaching. And one of the first things he did is he went and observed uh, Jurgen Klopp. So here's what he told me. And this was just yesterday. I spoke to him. Here's what he said about in that, that time in Germany. He was uh, uh, well known that he has a great connection with his players. And he's very detailed oriented and he's a good guy, a good person. So I went to him and I did my apprenticeship there and I just trying to find out how he thinks and what, how he treats players and stuff. It was phenomenal. And what he did with that team and minds at that time. And then he went to Dortmund and it took a couple of years because I knew his philosophy, how he wants to play. Obviously his players who stay with him for three, four five years, they are running out of gas and then they have to get new ones in. And I, and I always, when he went to Liverpool too, I told him, give, 
from the guys here who are English fanatics and, and Liverpool fanatics because they haven't done anything. It's like, give them time. Give them two, three years. I, I can promise you that this team you will not recognize anymore. What was the one thing that really stuck? I just yeah, You can only pick one thing. What was the one thing that really stuck out to you as far as what has led to his success, do you think? He gives a red line. And under the red line, everybody's his best friend. So every, he does everything, jokes and everything with everybody. But you can't cross that line. If you cross that line, then you get to know him. And if you're below that line, you're building an, a, 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 a unity and an energy in a team that is fantastic. It was unbelievable. And I, and I actually adapted that a little bit from him with uh, like emotion intelligence is one of the most important thing in the, in, in your team, in your, in your locker room. You know, if you, if the players don't come and they, they don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> so yeah, Thomas Dooley. And uh, he's, you know, he's a, he's a German American. His father uh, served in Germany. That's why he spent so much time there, played professionally there for 11 years. And I think one of the more interesting statistics or, or just facts about him he didn't get his first cap with the U.S. men until he was 31 years old. Can you imagine? That would never happen today. But and, yeah. then, and then 81 caps, two World Cups in the National Soccer Hall of Fame here in the States. For a guy By the way, it's pretty hard to find a 31-year-old on the team right now, <laughs> yeah. aside from Sean Johnson. Yeah. I mean, everybody, it's easier He's to find a 17-year-old. Yeah. Sean so Johnson that, is barely on the team. <laughs> Well, he, I mean, he's been called in lately. He's you a know, third keeper. He gets called up every time. Yeah. There must I be know. something there. I know. There must I know. It's important, of course, but I'm just saying. Because, because the, the, the change in, in, and the development and the culture and the, you know, the ages that the guys are coming in are just – it's hard to be on 30 and, and just – like you said, getting the first call up at that age is just hard. But that's why the people at the back and in goal in particular – and I know a lot of the young – players are in those positions too but boy you've got to be solid in goal going into that uh world cup because because you have young players that are going to make mistakes that mm -hmm. maybe four years down the road they won't make the same mistake so you, well here's you, a problem yeah. that the u.s national team has if we want to talk about this a bit is that the only goalie who's getting regular minutes is sean johnson of the top four because Zach Steffen is a backup at Man City. Uh, Ethan Horvath is a backup at Nottingham Forest. He didn't play the other day. He was a backup. Matt Turner is hurt. And in the summer, he becomes a backup in Arsenal. So here you are, your, three, your top three goalies, or three out of the four, aren't getting any regular minutes. We saw um, Steffen have a horror show. On, uh, on one of the goals, and, you know, he didn't look great on another one either in the FAA Cup semifinal. So, and I think you can attribute that to not playing often. I mean, everybody can make that sort of mistake, and we've seen uh, all goalies of ridiculously high levels make that mistake. And even this year we saw it. We saw it with Donnarumma um, with the Italian national team make a mistake like that. Who else? We, we saw others as well. So, you know, it can happen. But when well, it happens to somebody like there Stephen. A, remember the weekend in MLS where Aloy Room <laughs> threw it into the back of the net? Oh, yeah. It was uh, horrible. Brad Guzan. I mean, yeah, these are good goalies. Uh, off the Olympic. It happens. And what was the other one? There but you want one. these guys right, to ahead. be able to. 
you want these guys to be able to get minutes and to be playing regularly because the chances of something like that happen are actually less once you're you feel comfortable in your own shoes. One hundred, maybe a thousand percent on this. The minutes in goal and and that sort of experience is so massively important in goal. I think compared to any other position on the field, you know, you just, you can't, you can't sit and then come in and play, you know, against Uruguay or whoever, you know, which is a nice friendly coming up for them. On yes, Tuesday. it is. You know, that's in Kansas uh, city. <clears throat> that was a, that was an announcement that came from today, but that's, uh, that's, it's a, it's tricky, man. I think that's, I think it's a massive conundrum and what, Greg Berhalter is going to do. I mean, if you had to predict, he's, he, you know, Zach Steffen's going to play, and yeah. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. And then you, you can control that. that. Yeah. As, as as a national team coach, you can't control those things. Right. And the maximum that you can do is bring the guy, give him the most amount of uh, minutes that you can, yeah. right before the competition and all those friendlies on camp, whatever, and then take your decision because you can't control, yeah. you know, club decisions. All right. Here's and you the just trip. hope that some of these guys go out on loan someplace, you know, where they're going to get regular minutes. I don't even care if it's second division England. That's fine. Well, you know, that's good uh, enough. Get yeah, minutes. Well, well that's uh, that's been out there a lot. I'm curious as to if there's any of that uh, that's going to happen with either Horvath or Stefan uh, or Turner. If Turner ever recovers from this Mister mysterious foot injury, it's it's a it's a mistake. Well, before we get to Turner, I I, I want to bring I want to go to that to see if anybody's got any uh, scoop on that. But this is a trivia question. This is a question we have for you. And if you get it right, the first person to get it right, you either have to message me or us on this Soccer in the City Live on YouTube or Facebook, or you can tweet me at Glenn Crooks. And then we'll sort out how you're going to get the tickets uh, with the uh, answer to this. So the first correct answer gets four Delta tickets at Yankee Stadium. These are good tickets, man, uh, for New York. Yeah, these are, it's, quite, it's really the Delta 360 Club. So it's actually right below where uh, you broadcast, Glenn. So if they have an issue with anything that you're saying on the radio, if they're listening to you, they can literally look up and yell at you. That's fantastic. So there, so there's an incentive to get this question right. And you might run into a celebrity or two. I saw uh, Anton Tannerholm and Maxi Morales down there milling around uh, the Yankee Stadium game. So uh, you never know. <laughs> you never know who you might run into. So there's the question. Uh, the first uh, proper response uh, and the clue. Well, I'll just give the clue every time I show the question. The clue is uh, there are two that wore eleven. Uh, one of them is playing in Europe. Uh, and the other one is now a uh, boy. What is his position? He's a he's a uh, a technical director for one of the clubs in MLS, and he's also the all time leading scorer for New York City against San Jose, hmm. the opponent on Sunday. So a very uh, I I think it's a fair question. I like this question, and I do give Roberto credit because he requested uh, that uh, New York City comms put out a list of the history of players and what numbers they wore. And it's pretty interesting to, uh, I'll never, yeah, I had to put the, that together for them actually, but yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, the number five will be my favorite one uh, coming up soon. And if anybody can get those and uh, they're really good, but maybe that's what we'll, we'll just do uniform stuff. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, so let me get this off. Okay. So again, message me, uh, message us on YouTube or, or uh, Facebook while you're listening to this and watching this now. Or tweet me at uh, Glenn Crooks. All right. You know, there's so, only been two number tens for New York City. So I was just looking at the list again. Yeah, it's crazy, only right? Two number well, that's tens good. That was City in their history. I was going to go with that one. Don't don't give the well. You can give it out. I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. The the first well, one. There's is, other questions we can ask. Mixed yeah. Discarud and Maxi Morales. That's it. That's it. And Mixed Discarud was no ten. I don't know what he. And and he no. was number ten for the national team. He was. Yes, he was. He scored a great goal against who? The Netherlands. I, I mean, that was his claim I to fame so. with the. Uh, yeah. Well, with the, and his claim to fame is that he scored the first goal ever for New York City FC. He's oh, yeah. in Orlando. He will, he will always. That's another trivia question that you screwed up, Roberto. I can't ask that one now. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So uh, uh, San Jose. So here we go. So so New York City is they they're they're on an attacking roll. We know what they did against Seattle uh, in the home leg. It was just one one, but but so many. Great chances. Stefan Fry had a had a fantastic game, which probably prevented New York City from scoring more. Then the six against RSL, the five uh, against Toronto FC, San Jose. If if they were in, I don't know what to say about San Jose and how they'll defend on this one. I, I don't know, uh, John. Any uh, any read on the new San Jose? We know that they got the uh, the new coach bump with the with a pretty nice uh, come from behind win. Christian yeah. Espinosa and you know and then, he... yeah and then and then um before that they won the the cup match the US Open Cup match right, right before before um facing Sounders and they actually use basically the same um system to start with. So what they actually are doing trying to do is uh it, you can you can call it a four three three or a four one four one. The thing is that they defend with a triangle in the middle of the field, um, especially Remedi, Gregus, and, and Jewel trying to protect the central channel. And they have a different kind of pressure. They are still using that intensity to pressure. Of course, they're not using a man-to-man marking 
but they are pressuring with Montero, with Espinosa, with Bovice, uh, trying to win the ball as close as possible to the opposition team and then try to operate really quick and get into the box. So well, that's it. A- that's a good front six too, by the way. You just yeah, called out. You know that yeah, those no, are good players. Very decent. Yeah, they are. They are. And New York City better get its act together defensively. And we don't know yet if um, Tiago Martins is going to be ready for the game on uh, on Sunday. Yeah, and especially you know, again coming out of the back, trying to build from the back with Callens or Tiago Martins. That ball. As soon as the ball goes from those two center backs to the wider areas, that should be a trigger for San Jose to go in pressure. And that's the idea that they're having on using the amount of intensity that they used to have in the, on, on the man-to-man marking, plus trying to get a little bit more of a compact shape behind them and not have to run that much on defense. But like running as a team, compact, and not leaving spaces instead of everybody running with their own man. So, uh, but notable, it's solid, but, it's solid in the sense, sorry, Glenn, I finished with this. No, that's it's, solid, right. it's solid in the sense that it's not too away from the concepts that they were playing, but closing down spaces and making them less vulnerable. Well, I tell you, the, the thing that stands out is they were trailing Seattle 2-0, and, and they came back and won 4-3. I mean, that's significant. Three to one as well. And they will meet Seattle again, right? In the U.S. Open Cup. Is that correct? Yeah. Is that the next the next yeah. match those two will play? Yeah. And then uh, uh, tell us whether it's both of you or one of you. Tell us a little bit more about Christian Espinoza. Three goals and an assist and the obvious MLS player of the week. I'll leave that for John. I mean, he's fantastic. He's been fantastic. He's one of the best players in the team. The thing is, uh, with with uh, Matias, he, I think he had a lot of roles to play, not only on the wider areas because he started playing from the right side of the attack coming in, right, trying to get the the goal in front of him, but at the same time tracking back and defending, trying to. Uh, switch in the middle and create some being, you know, in some moments playing the number 10. I think the addition yeah. of, of, of Jamiro Montero helped them, of course, because now they bore, they, they more, um, they have a speed in both channels, but at the same time with Montero, they have what they don't have with, uh, the young guy. I forgot his name now, Mexican American or okay, Mexican- uh, K. Cowell, K. Cowell. Because K. Cowell is not that experienced, while Montero is a real experienced guy. And he keeps the speed. So in those moments of, like we were talking before, staying on, Montero, of course, is 10 times better probably than, than Kate and taking decisions on the last third. So Espinosa is, is once again putting a lot for the team, but he is shining with the ball on his feet, shining with the service, shining with the, the finished product because he is a really well product. I mean, he... Um, play for Boca. He played on Boca with the with the Esqueloto brothers. The, 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 um, they were the coaches with Espinosa. There, he came out from the Huracan Academy. He Huracan was the team that made him pro. And he went to Spain. He had a little bit of ups and downs there. And from there, he came to San Jose on loan. And after one season, San Jose made the transfer permanent. So he is a San Jose player. Well, he, he enjoys he enjoys MLS. He uh... 
he came on loan from Villarreal that lost to Correct. Liverpool 2-0 today in the uh, yeah, he, opening he leg. He didn't of the... play that much there. No. no. There's one thing that we've got to add about this game because I think it's important context. Okay, the game was 3-1 and everything seemed to be just in hand for Seattle. And then Stefan Fry made just a, an absolute horrific play on the second goal and it's all on him. And then the whole team was rattled and then they came right back down and they scored again and then they tied the game. So if Stefan Fry, you know, you could almost say if Stefan Fry doesn't make that mistake, it's very hard for this team to come back, I think. But once that happened, Seattle was rattled and then at the end they wound up winning it in a penalty kick in stoppage time. Yeah, I mean, and you don't know because one, one of the things that Christian said right after the game was like, a true into that. I mean, something that we learned with Matias and that we're going to keep with us is we're going to fight every single ball. We're not going to pay attention to score lines and, and give up on any single game. We're going to fight every second, every minute. And he took, you know, that responsibility to take that PK and, and he was having fun with it. You know, he refers like this is the any kid's dream, you know, you're playing in your block, you're playing on the park, you're playing with your brother on the house, and you want to have that PK in the last minute to win or lose the game. And uh, I had it and I took it and I thought about it before taking it. Like, this is why I'm here and I'm going to make it. And he Ooh, made I it. Think we've got a winner. Really? Oh, uh, I think oh. we have a winner. Where? On the comments, John B. And I think this might be wait, from. Wait, wait. Uh, Oh yeah, wait, Glenn can Oh he does. He has the initials. It's okay to yeah. put it. Yeah. All right, let's go. So this is uh this is John B and the initials N J G and and J H. So now the next trivia question is who do those who initials is... represent? Let's go back to the let's go <laughs> let's go back no. to the uh... Come on, John. We need full names here. Yeah. You don't get charged by the character. Let's go. Well let's let me settle, uh... let's settle that he won. And we want him to write the full names. All right. Yes. All right. We do need the full name, but here again is the is the question: Tati Cassianos wears number eleven. Who are the two other players in New York City FC history to wear number eleven? So I think he was. I think he uh, he or she were were hiding uh, the names. We're not. You're the you're winning, man. So we need the full name. So uh, see what you yeah. come up with here on the um, on the comment, and then we'll we'll sort out how we're going to get. Uh, and we're good at deciphering this stuff, aren't we? Yeah, that's that is good. And uh, I love this question because uh, these two, I mean, one, everybody will go, oh, if they didn't get it, they go, oh. And, and then the other one will be like, here we go. And there's your winner. Ned Grabovoy and Jack Harrison both wore number 11 in addition to Tati Cassian. So there's been three. And it's, and, and it's Grabovoy, who is New York City's all-time leading scorer against the San Jose Earthquakes with two goals. Two goals. Two goals. <laughs> Two goals. <laughs> They've only played well, and dude, San Jose's never beat New York City. So what is it? One no, draw, it's three, four zero oh, and one. Four zero so oh, and one. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so congratulations, Ned Grabovoy, for having that record for however long it lasts. If, how many of this Castellanos have against San? He doesn't have any, does he? I think he might have one. One. I'm not one. sure. I got to double check. One. Okay. One. And then. Hey. And then Jack Harrison uh, trying to get it done for uh, Jesse Marsh now. How about that? Yeah. What about that beautiful embrace with Patrick Vieira after the game? Oh, yeah. That That was was, awesome. That was nice. And and actually, uh, Patrick had a nice hug for uh, Jesse and some words of encouragement, I'm sure. Yep. But uh, I think that if 
if there was bad blood, and I, I actually think there was maybe, uh, I, I, bad blood would be wrong. Uh, I think uh, Jesse Marsh got under the skin. By the way, John B., that's the, those are the correct answers. Ned Grabovoy, Jack Harrison, wearing number 11. He gets four tickets, four Delta tickets to this Sunday's NYCFC San Jose Earthquakes match. But uh, Patrick, Jesse Marsh got under the skin of Patrick Vieira. There's no question about it. Yeah, and, as and, part of the rivalry here. Yeah, but but but, they, they but here's but remember what Jesse. On. No, but here's why. This is why I think he respected Jesse March, but I think he found him very annoying, and he wouldn't be the first person to find Jesse March annoying. And the reason, <laughs> uh, because Patrick wouldn't do what what Jesse did the week leading into one of the derbies. Jesse Marsh was quoted and he made sure he everything Jesse did was calculated in order to try to get under the skin or motivate his team. You know, nobody respects us. You know, all that, all that stuff. He always loved, he loved that. Yeah, he, he loved that. And, and, you know, it's, it's great to be the underdog, you know. But mm -hmm. he he said that uh, Pirlo, Villa and Lampard got all the calls and they would dive. And, and, you know, first of all, those three guys are not divers, number one. <laughs> right. But. He was complaining, basically putting it in the referee's mind that these guys get all the calls. Uh, you know, they draw these fouls that are our phantom. And Patrick was pissed. You know, he just was like, and you, you know, he just can't, couldn't believe that, uh, you know, the, his opponent on the weekend would, would say something like that during the week. And, uh, you know, it would tick me off too. But it's, well, here's the situation, way. right? Marsh using NBA tactics, because you see this in the NBA every single press conference, especially during playoffs, okay, about they're, they're looking at the stat sheet and they're looking at all the fouls and this guy's diving. And, and so they pressure the referee. This is classic. This is every game. It happens. And Marsh just took it from basketball and, adopt, and adopted it for uh, soccer, and I'm sure Patrick Vieira doesn't normally see stuff like that. And he was like, what the hell? What is this? And then, Anyways, Jesse well, anyway, Marsh is but, not uh, going to be uh, is just, yeah, Jesse Marsh is not going to be in MLS. The Roy Keane of Patrick Vieira playing career. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, uh, that's another thing. That's, that's I too just, much. I just want to remind uh, John B. Uh, hopefully, you're still watching, but uh, uh, you need to message me uh, with your information, uh, i.e., your email address, because the your four tickets will be sent digitally, and uh, you can you can put that uh, on the YouTube just like you did these responses. I will not uh, expose that; I'll just be able to see it here. So, I need your email, John. No, he's got to do that no, private no, no. chat. That's exposed. No, no, I'm going that, like, that, that, that will go out exposed. What chat? Well, what he, chat? he puts he, it in the chat that he just sent this in. Everybody can see it. All right. Because he's going to go on YouTube. What he needs to do is right. send you a DM on okay. your Twitter account. With All right, that Jabby, you got to follow me on Twitter if you don't already. At Glenn Crooks. If not, put your and, email address out there, Glenn. And um, On the chat. All right. So, John B., just confirm that you could... Uh, you can uh, yeah, send yeah, me that information just, on, yeah, it's on easy, the DM. It's easy. Just follow right. Glenn and send a DM with the all right. Okay. Simple. Apologize, I didn't have all the technical aspects of this worked out, but we got the uh, we got the four. Hey, you got the trophy. We got the four. <laughs> we got the four tickets given out, which uh, is tremendous. So we and will. You got the tech team here between John and I. 
And we will, uh, you know, we'll be able to, from what I can gather, and again, uh, thanks to uh, New York City FC, uh, both uh, marketing and, and tickets for uh, for um, giving these to us to give to you. And hopefully we'll be able to do this every week on our uh, Soccer in the City live. And like I said in the tweet, you know, I, I know everybody wants to tune in just to listen to us anyway, but maybe a little added incentive. You can get some tickets out of it. I, I would I would do it. I would do it. All right, what else are we doing here? Where are we? Oh, Puma, Seattle. That's we. Okay. We've got to. Uh, we've got to give. Uh, give our uh, best to uh, a ten thirty. Why is the? It's nine thirty in Mexico, right? That this thing is kicking yeah. off. Yeah. Yes, it why is. is that? What? I have no idea it's why late. it's not late. Yeah, it's late there, and it's uh, on this side of the country, the Pacific Northwest. It's seven thirty, so it's good for both of following factions. I wonder if people are going to start. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm wondering if people are going to start following me th- and and claiming they're John B. Yeah. yeah. I just got somebody following me here, and I don't think it's the same <laughs> guy. So you have to you have to identify yourself somehow. You know, improve it's you. <laughs> well, this is too much. This is a nightmare. Can this be? It's not a nightmare. We're getting four tickets it's a nightmare. out there. Why is it a nightmare? How is it a nightmare? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write you. I want those tickets. I'm All not right. doing. Uh, I guess I'm working. Maybe I can't go. All right. Anyway. Uh, hey. Yeah. And one, by the yeah, go ahead, John. Yeah, I just want to make something clear. I want a, uh, a clarification on the way that this final two legs are gonna be decided because okay. away goals will not hold any value in the final round. Yes, that is accurate. I 100%. know it's accurate. That's what I'm saying. No, but I'm telling Glenn. Oh, because I said I said it wrong earlier. Yes, I did. Okay, I just want to make. It, no, it, no, it, I'm glad you cleared that up. You should have. Yeah, no, in the fi- yeah, in the final, it isn't there, and we just got news that uh, that Dineno, Ignacio Dineno, who's the uh, Pumas uh, starting nine, uh, he had been hurt and missed the last two or three games for Pumas, and uh, according to Andre Martin of uh, Fox Sports, he's playing tonight. He's playing. Okay. Well, he's probably going to, you know, play with some infiltration or something. And they're going to probably test him because they need him. Of course, you need him. You need someone, you need him at home. And uh, and he's been the, the top scorer for them. He's been really important. Um, I think I mentioned before that he played with Xavier Arriaga, the Sanders center back. They played together in Ecuador. So, Xavier or Javier. He should know very well how to Dineno moves. Of course, maybe not in the context of what uh, Pumas does, but if you you know put together, there are a lot of work on analysis that Seattle Sanders does on the opposition analysis and what Xavi knows about Dineno. I think it, it, it's a good matchup to work against a really good forward that was actually close to come to MLS before going to Pumas. Yeah, so let me give you some stats on him. Uh, So far this season, he's uh, played 12 games. Uh, He's started eight, only has one goal. He has one yellow card, and uh, he has a red card as well so far this season. I thought the red card, I saw the red card. The red card he got was horrific. It wasn't, it shouldn't have been a red card. It was a yellow card. Referee Mm -hmm. totally blew it after going to VAR. Because they'd given him a yellow card, they went to VAR and only saw the replay because I was looking at what the referee was looking at the entire time. And um, they, he was only looking at the play in slow motion. 
you can never determine that sort of action in slow motion uh, of what intent is or what was happening, severity. You just can't. And uh, they only looked at it in slow motion, and then they changed it based on that. And I thought that was just an absolute horrific decision. Um, so uh, that, that's that. Anyway, so he's supposed yeah. to be playing tonight. But he hasn't been that effective this year. As I said, only one goal in 12 games, eight of them starts. Yeah, he's a top scorer for them anyways uh, as a team. In, and he was the star for, for the team that were that won the title. Um he is, is very influential on, on their attack. But so I want to close. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Glenn. No, because I want to. They I made the semifinals, John. I don't think that they haven't won the title. They, they made the semifinals. It was a shock that they made the semifinals that year. Yeah. Um, but I, I just wanted, like, like I said, Glenn, I want to close yep. the loop on the, on, the, um, on the procedure or the tiebreaker for the finals. Yeah, go for it. Just so, like we said, uh, the away goals uh, are not counting anymore. So if the two teams are equal at the end of the 90 minutes and on the second leg, so the, the two, 180. Uh, right, the 180, the two the games, uh, you have two periods of 15 minutes of extra time. And then if you still have, and, and on those periods of extra time, you still have a sixth substitute that you can use. So the sixth substitution will be allowed if the, game, if the game goes to extra time on the second leg. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. What do you think about the final only being uh, pretty much compliant with what UEFA is doing now? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just don't like rules being different for one match when there's been all these other matches played under the same. It's like I, I didn't like when VAR was introduced midseason. I, I thought that was I know why MLS did it They're You know, they're just trying to get through it and, and, and be good at it by the beginning of the following season. But I don't know. I don't. I don't like rules changes, uh, and yet MLS wouldn't change the rule of the uh, uh, on goal kicks where you could you could play within your own box uh, when that was instituted by IFAB. You know when that rule was changed. So it's like I, I, I don't know. But I, I personally, I don't like you know in the middle of something it changing like that. That's a I pretty don't com- dramatic. I don't with, yeah, I don't want to compare it with VAR. Because it's, it's different, you know, uh, adding VAR to the competition when the competition has already started. But in the other examples, um, I can see the point if, like on this one, or the one with the, the one you were referring about, um, the, the goal kick with the defenders inside the box, is written from the beginning of the competition. So from the beginning of these, for example, Conca Champions, every team knew that right. the goal the, the, the away goals will count until semifinals. So you knew it from the beginning. If you get to the final, away goals will not count. And I'm okay with that. I would love probably to keep it or uh, counting the away goals. 
But if it's in the in the context of the, the competition rule, rule book from the right, beginning, I see what you're saying. If yeah, it's fine. No, I, I I hear what you're saying, and you're right. You're right. Like the VAR was thrown onto the uh, MLS coaches, and and in the Concacaf competition as well, right? Right. right. The, the, the uh, right the octagonal. They they threw it in the middle, and I think it was good that they did. By the way, I thought it was horrific that they didn't start with VAR. Right. I'm glad. I'm glad they fixed it. I'm going to disagree with you as far as that's concerned, because uh, I think that. I mean, it was even for everybody, basically, because it started at the same time for everybody. So I didn't have a problem with that. Obviously, I would have wanted it to start the entire competition with VAR, but at least get it in. And if it makes things right, then fine. Unlike, oh, there's a pro referees conference call tomorrow. I'm always excited by these. So I'm going to be on there and I'm going to ask about a, a couple of things. One will be, you know, I really want to know why Carol Ann Chenard at Toronto didn't look at one of the replay angles that showed that Tylus Magna was clipped by Cozy Thompson. So I think it's a fair question. So how is it that she didn't look at all right. the different angles before making her decision to have, uh, oh, who was the referee? I, I'm, I'm forgetting because I, I didn't necessarily blame him. Um, but anyway, that's the one where pro uh, referees uh, uh, apologized. And um, I'm just always curious as to, you know, how they how they come up with these decisions or lack thereof. Yeah. And then the other big thing to ask is uh, this past weekend was the target weekend for MLS to do their VAR from a central location, which is going to be Atlanta. But the reason it's being delayed is they're having technical difficulties. And here's the technical difficulties are because you still have to have the setup at the home stadium, obviously, but getting it from there to Atlanta, uh, I guess there's been some glitches. I, I don't know anything specific about it, but they haven't sorted out how to properly you know, and time it so that it's, you know, it's not an extensive period of time. And, but all these other leagues do it, so I'm sure they'll sort it out at some point. They'll sort it out. So here's the thing. I've been a proponent for that since day one. Having said that, I'm really happy that it hasn't been implemented yet because had it been, I never would have found out exactly why the the first New York City FC goal was disallowed. And uh, when uh, at halftime, I got a chance to speak to Armando Villarreal, who's in charge of VAR at City Field, and he gave me a detailed explanation of why the goal was disallowed and what camera was used to see the fact that Alfredo Morales was, uh, they used one camera angle to see that he was offside. And then they used a camera angle behind the goal to see that Castellano's shot, which was going wide, actually hit him in the head and then went into the goal. So um, we, at least I didn't see, Morales offside at the beginning. I was wondering why they they call that they call that off. It in the chat that we have from VAR, all they said was Alfredo Morales was in an offside position, and that's all the, that's all they gave us, which wasn't enough information. So we also spoke about the fact that we need more information when they send those texts out to say, hey, it was this camera. And this reason, and this is where he was, and send it out. I'm I know taking that notes. I'm going to ask this question tomorrow, Roberto. 
<laughs> you should. Just for you, Absolutely. Man. And uh, we, we, we need more information because the whole point of this is to be transparent. And if they go... <coughs> and if in Australia they have figured out the way, okay, for them to present the audio and the video of VAR talking, right? Because they'll they'll show them what they're looking at, what the what what the referee is looking at at the monitor, what VAR is telling them, and they can listen to the conversations. Then why the hell can't we do that here already? Well, they do it here only when they want it. They've ne I've never heard a broadcast not, where they broadcast. where they've not shown the conversation live okay, that the referee different. is having with VAR. I've never that's seen different. that. John. You never mentioned broker, but they do. Well, no, share that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about the broadcast. I don't care about it. You know, that's a week way. afterwards, I need yeah. to know then. Now, Howard Webb. Why is it being disallowed? It, it's uh, it's it's that's a while away. Howard Webb has discussed that. It's not happening. Yet. You know, there's other things that they're. Uh, catering to and, and the biggest thing is a central location so yep no more uh no no more jorge gonzalez or armando villarreal in the hallways of yankee stadium at halftime to uh it's, to get their by the way it, it, you know they're such nice guys at least both of them that we got a chance to speak to such nice guys you know will more than willing to give us the right information it humanizes yeah. them in a considerable in, in a considerable way. It, it actually makes things better. It makes things so much better to be able to get to know these guys and talk to them and, and see what they like and what they don't like and things that they you know that they're for and, and just get to know them better. You know, just like we got to meet Matt Geiger uh, a couple of times at the um, at the soccer coaches convention, convention, the coaches soccer convention, and what a great open guy, great personality, happy to talk about even the most crazy incidents that happened in his career, and they were full of them, right? Uh, the chance that I got to talk to him about the Mexico-Panama game and where he was vilified by giving a penalty to Mexico where they said it was non-existent. That, and then I got a chance to see a, a replay from the other side of the field in, I only got like one chance to see it. It was Luis Tapia had put it on Vine. Do you remember Vine, which was, gave you six-second replays? Yeah, so yeah. he had that replay, and he had it on Vine, and he put it out on Vine, and this is like two, three days later. And it was like an oh-my-God moment, because then you see, uh, what was the name? Uh, this uh, The Panamanian defender, Torres, from Seattle. Uh, Roman Torres? Roman Torres. What you couldn't see originally in the broadcast, okay, and you never saw until two days later was that Roman Torres literally gathered the ball with his hand into his belly to cover it up. And that was the angle that Matt Geiger saw. And then when they're showing replays after the game, he says he's in the locker room and he's watching the replays and he's watching the news and he's seeing all of this. And all he sees are the replays that the TV had been showing, which was from one angle, he said he was absolutely horrified that he had screwed up the game and that he didn't sleep for nights. And he says it wasn't until much later on that he saw that same replay that I saw that he was finally able to put that, that you know, put that to rest in a wow, okay, I didn't screw it up. But Mexican TV and uh, a lot of media, I didn't, aside from, aside from Luis Omar Tapia, I didn't see anybody else show that replay or talk about that angle that would have exonerated him 
that would have said, hey, you made the right call. Referees are uh, in a pressure situation, and yeah. they, they never make the – their decisions are never right because somebody on the other side is uh, – is always questioning it. So it's a, it's a fairly unforgivable job and they've got to be, they do have to have almost a sense of humor about things. I mean, you you talk to Howard Webb and he had some difficult moments in Europe where he had to, (laughs) you know, get, have armed guards leaving the stadium and and things like that. No, you know, wasn't he the referee for Spain, uh, for Spain, Netherlands, Netherlands. and he missed the, uh, yeah. He missed a Frank DeJong uh, kick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not that one. that's one that's one he talks about freely and you know, yeah. 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 So anything else you'd like me to ask the referees tomorrow, guys? This is a, a good chance here. And um I, I'll I'll put it out to the audience too, if anybody's listening or watching and thinks that the and, and something that's cogent, you know, not like uh oh you know, you know what I mean. Any cogent to, <laughs> if, if you got anything. Who well, does that, can, by the way? Do I do know. that? Does, does, does John do that? No. I'm talking oh. about people that might be watching that might do that. I mean, I've <laughs> Wait, seen supporters at the games. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's three different avenues to watch the game, or to watch this. And there's many more uh, to watch the game, I suppose. And right, it'll be on WFAN on uh, their website as well tomorrow. All right. So we had uh, a winner today uh, for our our, uh, four t- our first time that we've done the uh, the four-ticket thing. And uh, I'm trying to uh, – so here was the trivia question. Tati Castellanos wears number 11. Who are the two other players to wear number 11 in New York City history? And the answer was Jack Harrison and Ned Grabovoy. Grabovoy with two goals against uh, San Jose. The all-time leading goal scorer for New York City. They're playing San Jose on Sunday. Grabovoy now an executive uh, with uh, Portland. And Jack Harrison, we know what he's doing for Leeds. And uh, so uh, congratulations to this guy who got the answer, John B. Now, John B., I'm going to do this because I want to make sure that uh, all you're accounted for here. But in order to secure these, please uh, just email me at glencrook01 at gmail.com. And if anybody else wants to email me and just, you know, tell, don't spam them. Tell please. me what you want to think. Yeah, don't, don't, don't spam them. Yeah, don't send me any more things to buy because I really, my inbox is full of that stuff. But uh, regardless. All right. For Roberto Abramowitz, for John Rojas, I'm Glenn Crooks. This has been Soccer in the City Live. Uh, you'll be able to uh, see this again. We'll all retweet it. But uh, also, it'll be up on a podcast. Uh, from uh, WFAN, hopefully within the next 24 hours, and uh, send me all your uh, all the things you want to sell right there. Send them all to me. <laughs> all right, guys. Don't good forget night. radio on Sunday. Radio on Sunday. There it is on the lower third, 12:45 airtime. New York City FC Network English Advantage. Good night. Bye. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.